Welcome to the Success in Medicine podcast. I'm Dr. Rajani Kata, and I'm here with my partner, Dr. Samir Desai. And on today's episode, we wanted to provide advice for the emergency medicine applicant. Uh, Samir, let's start with some of the potential pitfalls that you've seen EM applicants face. Let's start with uh, one question. When should an applicant take the Step 2 CK? A lot of that depends on how the applicant did on the Step 1 exam. So if you're an applicant, uh, what you want to do is take a look at the data that the, that the NRMP releases as well as talk to your advisor to try to determine how competitive you are. And if you find out that your USMLE Step 1 score um, is going to present some challenges for you, then it would be best to take the Step 2 CK uh, early so that it is available at or just after you apply for emergency medicine residency. Let's say you are competitive, though. Is there still an advantage to taking the Step 2 CK early? Uh, if you are competitive, uh, there may still be an advantage, and a lot of that depends on program-specific uh, requirements. So an increasing number of emergency medicine programs uh, are looking for USMLE Step 2 CK scores to make interview invitation decisions. And so you want to go to the website and uh, make sure you know what their specific requirements are. So just to clarify, it's not just that they're using the Step 2 CK to help them make interview decisions, but they're, they're actually requiring that score before they decide to interview you, correct? That's right. It's, it's, it's still a small percentage of programs, but if, you know, those programs are on your list and you really want to go to one of those, you need to know that, uh, you know, as soon as you can so you can plan accordingly. Okay. And let's talk about the emergency medicine rotation. How important is it? The rotation is extremely important. So we know that uh, study after study has shown that uh, it's one of the top factors used by residency programs, emergency medicine residency programs, to select their residents. And uh, the emergency medicine rotation grade is, obvious is of obvious importance in this process, but uh, the importance of the rotation goes even beyond that. And, uh, and how so? Well, residency programs will be looking for a letter of a recommendation from your experience. Uh, in particular, they will be looking for the standardized letter of evaluation from every emergency medicine rotation that you do. And I, uh, I'd like to go into that deeper because I think this is one of the pitfalls that EM applicants um, perhaps don't realize is so distinct from other specialties, and that's because EM doesn't have a regular letter of recommendation process. They actually use what's known as the standardized letter of evaluation. So can you tell me more about that standardized letter? Sure. So uh, one of the criticisms of letters of recommendation uh, in general uh, are that they don't allow for easy comparison of the applicant uh, to his or her peers. So what the uh, Council of Emergency Residency Programs did a number of years ago was they created the standardized letter of evaluation, which is basically a form letter. And that form letter is a summary of your performance during the rotation, and it allows the letter writer to compare you to other applicants. What are some of the questions that are asked on the letter? Well, the letter begins with uh, some basics. How long has the letter writer known the applicant? What's the nature of the relationship? Uh, it asks for the emergency medicine rotation grade. 
And then it goes into some specifics about the skills and qualities that emergency medicine residency programs really value in their future residents. Uh, and so because this is a form letter, I guess everybody gets asked the same questions. What are some of the skills and qualities that are asked on this form letter? So one of the uh, questions that is asked is, uh, you know, the uh, letter asks for the writer to comment on the applicant's commitment to emergency medicine. Uh, they also ask about the applicant's work ethic, their willingness to assume responsibility, as well as their ability to develop and justify an appropriate differential diagnosis and treatment plan. And I know you've discussed this with other applicants whom you've advised on sort of preparation for the rotation in order to sort of highlight their qualities. And I know you've given advice on uh, how to prepare for creating differential diagnoses and treatment plans. Can you go over some of that advice? Yeah, absolutely. So one of the things that I get asked a lot is, you know, how can I really make a great impression on my emergency medicine rotation? And, you know, we talk about uh, some of these things that are on the standardized letter of evaluation, like your ability to work with the team and your ability to show care and concern for your patients. And I find that, you know, most students are able to do that. Um, what uh, sometimes students struggle with is their ability to develop an appropriate differential diagnosis and treatment plan. And so one tip that served me well with some of the students I've advised over the years is even before the rotation starts is just to make a list of the most common symptoms that patients present with to the ED and then take each symptom and develop uh, an extensive differential diagnosis and make sure that you uh, mark which one of those diagnoses are potentially life-threatening since when you're in the ED, that's the, uh, you know, one of the most important things that the ED physician is concerned about is does this patient have a potentially life-threatening disease? And if you have that list, then that can direct your evaluation uh, during your patient encounter. Okay, very good. I, uh, I know that the form letter ends with sort of some global assessment questions. Can you give us some examples of what those questions are? Sure. So in the global assessment section, the uh, letter writer is asked to rate your performance compared to other applicants. Uh, they also can comment on your potential for success as, a, as an EM resident. And um, they also ask uh, for the writer to uh, discuss, you know, how much guidance you will need as a resident. And um, a lot of applicants don't realize this, but uh, one more thing that is asked is where uh, they anticipate you will be placed on their rank order list. And uh, these are certainly very important questions that students should be aware of before they start their rotation. Can they see a copy of this form letter? Definitely. So if students go to the Council of Emergency Medicine Residency Program Directors website, they can access this standardized letter of evaluation. And that's uh, something very, very important to do, and I'm glad you brought that up, because if you can take a look at that, then you know what you're going to be uh, evaluated on, and then you can make every effort in each one of your shifts in the ED to showcase those uh, skills and qualities. Let's um, ask one other question about the EM rotation. When should you be doing your emergency medicine rotations? Well, some students, uh, depending upon their school's uh, structure of their third year, may do an emergency medicine rotation 
as part of their core clerkship. So that may take place at some point during their third year of medical school. But a lot of students won't get their initial exposure until uh, the first part of their fourth year, so sometime between July and September. And my recommendation is your first rotation should be one at your own school so that that can ready you for away rotations later. And how many away rotations should students be doing? So an increasing number of emergency medicine residency programs are looking for two EM rotations. So that can be one, one of those rotations can be your, your home rotation, one can be an away rotation, but they're really, really looking for two standardized letters of evaluation. Um, that's not to say that some students don't do more, and in some cases it is recommended that students do more than two total rotations, but that's something that should be discussed with your advisor. And I know uh, discussing timing of this, what if you do a rotation in September? What if that's the only away elective that you're able to do? What are the ramifications of that? So doing an EM rotation in September, uh, that can present you some, some challenges because you'll finish that rotation in, at the end of September and then you'll ask for your standardized letter of evaluation, but it can take three to four weeks for that department to determine your grade and do everything that it needs to do to generate that letter. And so it may be the end of October before your letter is prepared and submitted uh, into the application system. And uh, the problem with that is programs begin to invite applicants for interview before then, and uh, those slots can fill pretty quickly. So uh, September can present challenges in terms of you know, uh, getting those interview spots. You know, and a follow-up question to that, based on what I'm hearing here, is is there any point to doing a rotation in, let's say, October or November? Right. So doing a rotation in October or November uh, does have some benefits. It, it obviously uh, makes it difficult for you to take that experience and include it in your application because you will want to apply on September 15th. That's the earliest date you can apply, and you do not want to delay your application. But uh, you can still benefit from a rotation done later. So if you do it in October or November, you're obviously auditioning at that particular residency program, so you have the chance to make a very, very positive impression and improve your chances of getting an interview and really, really uh, get your foot in the door in that particular department. Uh, on top of that, you can still get a standardized letter of evaluation from that experience, and you can update your application with that letter, which will enhance your uh, application uh, no matter where you've applied. Well, those are some really good points. I think in future episodes, I'd like to discuss maybe more facets of the application process. And uh, so thank you very much, Samir. And uh, I would direct our listeners to our website, thesuccessfulmatch.com. If you have additional questions, we are working on our uh, new podcast episodes and we are determining topics. So if you have particular questions, please go to our website. There is a page for podcasting. And if you send us uh, a question via that, we will try to address it in future episodes. So thank you very much.